Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Here with Benji as always, and this show is supported by our show partner, LaCole. This is the recap of the Women's World Championships road race on the Saturday. Pretty exciting finish to this race, actually, with a lot to talk about tactics-wise. Speaking of women's cycling, you might have seen her in the front in this race, Joss Loudon, who rides for Drops of Coles. She's riding for GB here in a domestique role, early doors for Diagnan and Anna Henderson. And if you're watching the Eurosport GCN broadcast, you would have seen she's doing the hour record, I think, in five to six days, September 30th, rings a bell. Uh, I'll put it up on the screen on the YouTube. That's been supported by LaCole as well, our show partner. So that's some more cycling action after the World Championships have finished to watch out for. But this course from Antwerp to Leuven, 157Ks, pretty easy first 50Ks. Nothing, No opportunity to do anything. Then they have the uh, Leuven circuit, one lap. I believe, of the or two laps rather of the Flandrian circuit, and then they go back to do the Leuven circuit uh, a few times, a couple of times, and then the same finish as the men and the elite and the under 23 men's you might have seen yesterday. So, heavy, heavy favourites were obviously the Dutch with Van der Breggen, Brand, Peters, Van der Broek, Black, Van Dijk, Van Vluten, Vollering, and Voss. Other strong teams were Italy, United States, GB, Germany as well with no grace ground for Australia, unfortunately, and Denmark. But nothing pretty much happened for the first 80Ks, Benji. Uh, the first 11 circuit and the transition to there was done at a pretty steady pace. Yes, indeed. I uh, wasn't expecting too much on the initial 11 circuit, to be honest. Perhaps some moves by perhaps a French rider like a Cordona Gold trying to get away in the early parts and being in a group ahead. But I didn't see that much of that. I feel like I didn't see the French too much at all today. I think Bjarnic was the only one I actually saw. So, uh, yeah, I guess they had a day off. But the main action didn't even start at the start of the Flandria circuit, which is where I expected it to start. We spoke about it on the on the podcast, on the preview, that the Moskestrat is the uh, key point in that Flandria circuit because it has steep sections and cobbles. And if you combine those, then you've got a pretty difficult climb that could split up things and make the race more selective. And it may allow a team that is looking for well, let's say a sprinter of another team to drop, if you pace hard on that Moskestrat, it will help you out. And we see not, nothing happening there. Like, I was expecting someone to make a move on the Moskestrat. with just the peloton strolling over the climb, and, well, that seemed to be uh, the case quite, uh, quite so, and no action. And then after that, I think we had the Bekestrat, which is one that also has cobbles, actually, I... Wasn't 100% certain about that, to be honest, but it did have cobbles and it was quite steep. And that was the only moment on the Flandrian circuit where action started from that point onwards. And it was because Van Vleuten was moving to the front just when Vollering came back at the back of the group after having a puncture beforehand. And it was Van Vleuten who ended up not really going for an attack, but like pacing a bit harder on the cobbles and putting some pressure on the back of the peloton and seeing if some of the 
rougher sprinters would end up dropping off the back. And to be honest, the rider that I was most surprised of was a rider that I haven't seen too much this season. That's Lizzie Dignan. And today she was able to follow very well on the Moscow, or not on the Moscow Strad, but on the uh, Bekestrad. And yeah, there was some damage at the back of the peloton, but nothing too extreme. But the group was then down to like 45, 50 people, which means that the rougher sprinter types, some of them were gone. But we he did have groups coming back just after that. And uh, I think all the other action was waiting until we started the uh, Smaisberg. But are you surprised that the Netherlands, for example, is not taking action here? Yeah, because the key for this race, and it's like in the men's race tomorrow, will be first order on the Flandern circuit is to put the pure sprinters under pressure. And even riders like... See if you can put Kopecky under as much pressure as possible. You might not drop her, but, you know, get rid of Hosking. Get rid of, uh, I thought, this is where you try and put Balsamo under a lot of pressure or uh, Diedrichsen on on Denmark or Emma Norsgaard as well. I mean, again, you might not drop them, but it's a place to put the really quick women under pressure as well and maybe even try and create a group of 15 as they might not get dropped, they might be split, and then you can gather the group of 15. We see it all the time, and then who's going to pace if in the front group of 15 you've got three Dutch women, four with four Dutch women with Voss in there as well, or Vollering. That's the sort of situation I was expecting. And then a group of 15 to 20 to kind of ride away with a good race situation for the Netherlands didn't happen. And, um, yeah, it'd be like if you if you see the final Moscow Strat, you and not drop Benji in Belgium not pacing tomorrow, you'll be nervous. I think because as we transition to this Leuven circuit, it's it's hard to really keep people dropped, isn't it, from the group? There's opportunities for people to keep coming back and people sit up. That's what we've seen in all these races so far. Yes, certainly. And even to give a firm example of what we are talking about is the Netherlands is here with Mariana Valls. We know that. We know that she can get over climbs better than some of the other sprinters that are in this uh, starting peloton. And if they pace hard on the initial portion, then the opposing teams will have to default to different riders. So, for example, if we take a look at Denmark, they've got Norsgaard and they've got Utrecht Ludwig. If the race is too hard, they have to switch from Norsgaard to Utrecht Ludwig as their leader for the rest of the race because Norsgaard will likely end up dropping if the race is actually hard enough. With Belgium, well, you've got the issue that Kopecky is there. You've got to drop her on the climbs as well if you want to have a relatively uh, simple sprint at the end. Then we look at the United States. They have... Uh, Corner Vera as a sprinter in that team. If Corner Vera gets dropped on on the hills, which is a bit tougher, I think, compared to uh, Norsgaard, I would dare yeah. to expect. But if she gets dropped as well, then they switch to uh, I don't know a Faulkner Winder situation, someone like that. Combination of both. So that's how you can really change how the other teams will have to ride their race and who is riding for them, because Vols has a much easier time beating Roof Winder and so forth than beating the likes of a Con Rivera. And next to that, if you make it harder at the start, then it will be easier to ride away even after the Flandrian circuit because they'll have less domestiques to pace every Convleuten attack away. So that's kind of how I, I look at this situation. But yes, you uh, you mentioned going into the Leuven circuit, but it was also just on the Smeisberg that we saw a move by, I think it was Molman Passio, and Dagnin was... Very swift to respond. Voss as well, showing extreme strength on that smash, but getting to the wheel of Molman Pasio, closing that down herself. And that's the moment where I'm like, this is the moment where Voss should be saving energy. And someone else at the Dutch team should be closing these gaps. Van Vleuten should be on the wheel of Molman on a smash, like this. 
And it wasn't until the end of the space bet where we saw a move by Van Vleuten, but that move did have some consequences. There were splits, and these are splits where you sometimes saw three Dutch riders or two Dutch riders in a, in a split, sometimes including Vos, sometimes not including Vos. And then you have the group surrounding them that is basically the riders that you would want to go to the finish with if you're Vos. And then I'm surprised that at certain points Van Dijk didn't start pacing, for example, if yeah. Vos was in the group, <laughs> and I didn't get that. Because we've seen in these international races that if they do this pace fit with Van Dijk or someone just for five to seven minutes, it can break the morale of the group behind and the cohesion in the group behind is often worse than one might expect in chasing a group of 12. And especially if you do have a, say, so you got a Ludwig there, a Brenauer, um, Longa Borghini, then all like all the strong Anna, Anna Henderson, all the strong nations are represented, and they'll be like, "Oh, we've got to ride off the road." But it's like, yeah, you do, but Voss going to destroy them in the sprint, or you know, it's not it's not a good situation for them, and yet the chasing behind is not is not going to happen. So yeah, I was surprised by that. It's what I expected. I expected a group of fifteen with Dutch presence after that, but yeah. We didn't, and then we it just started to completely explode. With instead of the Dutch team controlling, it was just attacks from everybody. We had Ultra Ludwig going up the road, Brand attacking. Uh, G two came back, I think, with Kopecky or, or Norsgaard might have came back. Like it all came back because everyone was yeah. sitting up. Chantal vulnerable black attack, Mavi Garcia, Fry again with Ludwig. Another attack from Van Vleuten with Garcia and Rachel Nalen, the, uh, the Australian veteran, by the way, then Pelton back again. And then Brand attacking again with Longa Borghini following. So Longa Borghini in actually Italy, a, lo- a pretty defensive role, I thought, using riders to mark a lot of moves, and they did it well, generally staying, uh, generally always being represented. The one move that did stick was Mavi Garcia. I think she... Went solo, built up a gap of 30 seconds with 22 and a half Ks to go. She did what I thought Royce would try to do. And we didn't really see the Dutch taking control to chase her back straight away, Benji. Yes, certainly. And it would take a while. And we had some attacks by other people. Like we saw a very active Anna Henderson today. And I don't know, if we go to a sprint and you've got Dagnan and Anna Henderson, who do you go for? I would have said Henderson based on the last three months of racing, right? Yep, I thought Henderson would, was a stronger rider for this, but I mean, Dagenham gets a world champs buff. I'm not sure. I actually don't know. Um, I think Henderson was trying to go in earlier moves and it kind of tied her out, to be honest. Yeah, we saw next to Mavi Garcia also a move by Cecilia Utrecht Ludwig, and uh, who was it, Xavi, I think, for a moment. So a lot of riders doing that stuff, but in the end, it was, uh, I think, Von Vleuten that went for a, a move once again. And from that point onwards, Von Vleuten just kept on like either riding at the front of the group and then attacking the next climb, and then riding in front of the group again, and then attacking again. And I kind of don't know if that's very useful, because you're spending energy on the flatter sections, and your attack is going to be less strong if you spend energy on the flatter parts between the climbs. So I I wasn't sure what the Dutch's plan was from that point onwards, and I was getting more puzzled than puzzled of what their plan was going to be, because in my eyes, Foz is one of the stronger sprinters in this group, and you can choose to do the following things. Either you... Don't attack, and she is not going to be cooked by the end of the race. But then you are more threatened because you've got sprinters like Kopecky that are coming back left and right after every hill. Are they going to be able to replenish if you don't make moves like Widow Van Vleuten and so forth? 
Are attacks with Van Dijk useful? Because we saw a move by Alan Van Dijk and then they realized the Dutch in the second group, okay, she's not a fast sprinter in the group of three that she's with right now. So we're going to start riding behind her again. And they closed down Ellen Van Dijk's attackers th- themselves. So I don't know. What do you think their plan was, the Dutch, from this one. point onwards? It wasn't one. Like, <laughs> how can the plan be to allow Kopecky, and I, I'm not sure, but maybe Balsamo to come back? Rivera was always there. She's rode very strong, but yeah, she was always in that group. How can the plan be for them to come back? And how can the plan be for Brand to like attack? She has no chance of winning, by the way. Zero chance of winning. She already like half dropped herself on a previous climb. I had to pull out of the train when Nivea Doma had to take. Nivea Doma was the strongest on the climbs, by the way. R- repeating what we saw in spring on Kalberg, easily the strongest. How can it be for Brand not to pace or for uh, Van Dijk not to pace? Now, fine, they can have their opportunities earlier, which they did. Didn't work. I'm surprised when we saw eventually 12Ks to go Garcia with four seconds, uh, Van Dyke and, and Van Vleuten had started to pace that you know they'd allow that group to come back. And then I thought, okay, last 10Ks, we've got a few climbs left. The group is, Voss is good, but anything can happen in a group, in a sprint with 30 riders. And especially with riders like Balsama, Kopecky, Rivera there, I keep mentioning them. And... They didn't. What I thought would happen, Benji, was they would ride one of the climbs, one of the last climbs, very hard with Kashinovia Doma, who will probably attack, get Voss into that split with another rider or two, and then pace the line, Voss sprint, easy dub, thanks for coming. And that sort of happened. The only problem was Van Vleuten had meme attacked about three times before then, Brand had attacked before then, Van Dyke had attacked before then. And so they get to the top, perfect scenario. A few Ks left. Uh, Van Dyke in a group with, I think, ELB, Navidoma, yeah. and Voss. I'm like, this, okay. Van Dyke, yeah, perfect, right? And Van Dyke was cooked. She couldn't, she couldn't pace, and the group wouldn't pace with Voss. It all came back together again. And then, um, yeah, I was like, and Van Vloyen had almost been dropped at that point. Like, was, could they have done things differently in that final circuit? Or, as, as people are saying, no, this Leuven circuit is not hard enough to do anything. And Balsamo was always making it to this finish. I think they could have raced very differently here. And they could have made it much tougher for Balsamo to drop potentially throughout the parkour. And it doesn't only start in the Leuven circuit. It starts already way at the uh, Flanria circuit we spoke about. If you punch hard on the Moskestrat, if you go hard on the Diamondstrat, and if you go hard on the Smeisberg and the, uh, the Bekestrat, well, then you're going to do much more damage than 15 attacks on the Leuven circuit afterwards so if you were able to split up the group significantly before you get to the Leuven circuit and get Balsamo and Kopecky and so forth in a second group Kopecky was in a second group at the Smeisberg so if they punched a bit harder she wouldn't even have been in that group anymore at that point so I think it all starts earlier in the race and when it arrived at the Leuven circuit you can attack 15 times but those hills are not going to do the damage that he could have done at the Moskestrat they might not do the damage, but they can do what we saw with Kopecky where you keep her coming back, she's tired, yep. she's in bad position, and this is where the race turns on its head. Going into the last 1,500 metres, we see Italy. I see Maria Confalonieri go to the front. I'm like, excuse me, what are you doing going to the front? ELB, she ain't dropping nobody on this finish. There's four riders there, and Balsamo is there. Benji called it out in the preview, only rider, I think, to beat Lorena Vibes in a 
sort of head-to-head punch sprint last year. I think she, two riders did. I think Northgard and her, but okay, continue. Nah, Sorry. My, I reckon the narrative that she did it's the, be- the best, <laughs> even if it isn't the truth. <laughs> the point is she's proper quick. And Italy go to the front. They're in a line, one, two, three, four. Netherlands, we see the overhead shot. There's five riders there. They're literally all around the, the field, dotted around. And we go into the final K, perfect lead out from Italy. We've got Elisa Longo-Borghini, last woman. We have Ellen van Dijk, who can't do it. She moves to the front. We're looking for Voss. Where is Voss? She's not on Vollering's wheel. Vollering gets brought up the right-hand side. Voss then has to close a gap to Elisa Balsamo as Elisa Longo-Borghini begins a really hard lead out. That splits the group, and Voss has kind of shot a bit of her legs, closing that gap. They've got a literal gap on the peloton. Their lead out is so strong, and these two are so much faster than everybody else. And Elisa Longo-Borghini is a bit early. Balsamo says to her, nah, keep going for a little bit because we've got the gap, and then kicks when she wants to, looking at Voss in the face. It was like the Lance, like look-around attack in the face of Voss, and Voss cannot come out of her slipstream on this draggy finish because she's just one of these riders you don't want to go to the finish with, even if it's a coin flip, which, you know, sounds pretty good for most riders. A coin flip for the Netherlands is probably not what they wanted, and Balsamo beats Voss easily on this finish to take the World Championships road race and title at 23 years old. Volcar now, she's going to Trek Fredo on a three-year deal next year. No surprise there. Ahead of Voss, Niviodoma third. Crazy strong race from Niviodoma to come third after all her attacks. Katablanka Vast, the Hungarian, she is like unbelievably talented. Her, I think she's done like four road races. She's like top five in all of them. Fourth, then Alena Sierra for Cuba, fifth. Strong, uh, huh? Big, big result from her. Alison Jackson, then Demi Vollering, seventh, rather than doing a lead out for Voss. Again, just a continuation of something that's curious. Ludwig, eighth, Brenau, ninth. Rivera, a little bit disappointing, I thought, tenth uh, for America. So. When it comes to like uh, Sierra, you could have seen such a result coming, uh, I think, because I think we spoke about her before in Burgos when that was that stage where I think Grace Brown won ahead of like, uh, what was it, Royce Roar Shabby? And she ended up winning the, the bunch win on that false uh, uphill uh, sprint. Yeah, she did. They had. That's a good call. <laughs> and uh, I remember talking about it on the podcast before, but that's one example. But talking about Blanca Vash, well... I was looking with 10k to go, okay, she might have an opportunity for a podium here. And I go to the betting sheet. There, There's no option to bet on her. She's not known enough to, <laughs> to bet on her yet. She's going to be on there for the next couple of races after today's performance, that for sure. certain. And a uh, fun note, actually. Um, I think, I'm not sure whether it's 100% whether she is eligible for U23, uh, Balsamo being 23, but... If she was eligible for U23, would that mean that next year with the new rule of the first U23 rider arriving at the finish line next year in Wollongong being the U23 world champion, would she also have been the world champion? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not Probably, sure either. I think it's she on, might be on the year edge. too old. Uh, but yeah, a crazy win from her and her Trek Sigafredo teammate next year doing the lead up for her, Elisa Longo Borghini, which. That hard acceleration when Balsamo was there, that's what put Voss under a lot of pressure. I really encourage everyone to go and watch maybe the last 15 kilometers of this race. It's very interesting. And I think I think we said this after the Olympics road race, and I think people might be saying, oh, you're being too harsh on, harsh on the Dutch team. Why are you holding them to such a standard? And, and I think 
that's the result of they're literally the four of the top five favorites. I'm even five of the top six favorites here. They have the European champion Van Dyke, AVDB Voss, Van Vloet, and Vollering, etc. When the strategy of the path to them winning is so straightforward, if they just have some sort of coherent plan to create a 15 woman group, even 10 woman group, and we saw the possibilities for that to happen with multiple riders and Voss there, and for them to pace, we saw, yes, Voss got beaten. But there's 10 bike links to everybody else. Yeah. If you just don't bring Balsamo, as we've said now five times, a top, top pure sprinter there, she's winning this by five bike links and we're like, easy done. Even Rivera, she cleaned it up. So, yeah, I think um, is it equivalent, Benji, to Belgium letting Ewan come back and then not Losing pacing? The sprint? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the equivalent to that. But also just the last kilometer alone kind of, Tells everything about they never the Dutch. got together. Yeah, it tells everything about the Dutch team. Just watch the final kilometer and just look at what the Dutch team is doing. You've got Van Dijk just riding at the front in second position. Three riders ahead of Vos, who is in the wheel of Nivia Doma. On the right side, you've got a rider, I think it's Volering, that is trying to move up as well. Uh, and then you've got on the right bottom, you've got, you, you've got Van Vleuten, who is also riding alone to try and do something. If they do what the Italians do and actually put a train up, well, they probably would have would have not had the energy after all those meme attacks we mentioned already. But if they didn't have all those meme attacks and they actually put a train up and do something together, then they would have been much closer to winning this one. But no, that's not the case. Like, Longoborghini was dying on the last hill and looked at Balsamo and Balsamo <laughs> was like, no, I can't go yet. I can't exactly. go yet. It's too early. So she waited longer. If she waited longer and... Then she went and she ended up winning and it's it, it, it's just so it's kind of funny to look at it like that. But uh, I actually uh, I listened to a podcast the other day uh, with uh, Dutch journalist Thijs Sonneveld and he was speaking about the Dutch uh, women's team and um, they, apparently they only came together on Thursday to uh, prep things and beforehand didn't talk about the tactics of the Olympics together at all. <laughs> it's I feel like also Brand, she's a good rider. She's not good enough this year that she gets her own chance in this race. Sorry. She's like, I don't care that she yeah. won the Ardesh race. In the proper spring classics against top competition, she's barely scraping the top 10. Like, no, you're it's Voss or Van Vleuten and Van Dyke, to be honest, should get the chance. Yeah. Brand, I don't know why she was given so much opportunity to go for herself and then she wasn't really be able to be helpful as a domestique. And also... If Brand gets in a group of, with four other riders, Benji, is that even a good outcome? Like for the Netherlands with, you know, ELB or Cavalli? I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know Lucinda Brand's sprint too well, so I can't tell it's you. It's all right. I wouldn't know if that's a good result. It depends on the situation. If if Voss is in trouble, then, yeah, a move like that could put you in a better position. But Voss wasn't looking in trouble at that point. So I don't know. I It could put... It all depends on who's with her. Like, if ELB is with her, then it's not great. But if she's there with, I don't know, uh, let's find an example that actually uh, fits. Uh, if she's there with Mavi Garcia, I wouldn't worry too much. Because I think Lucinda Brandt has a better sprint. So stuff like that could force an Italian team to have to pace, for example, after Lucinda Brandt. And then it works. But it, every Italian knows that when a Dutch rider will go in this race... You have to try and follow. Longo Borghini responded to like five to seven attacks throughout the race. 
just to close down Dutch people that went for a for a tax on every hill. And that's what shows that that was a better team. And there's this quote I, I stole of, of Google, and uh, it says, a champion team will always be the team of champions. And it <laughs> applies to this race in my eyes. Yeah, I think uh, ADDB won't be riding for them next year. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they've got... You know, the last rider who just beat Elisa Balsamo in a road race and Balsamo came second was Charlotte Cool, 22-year-old Dutch rider. On She's going to team DSM on a one-year deal next year. She won a stage of a Balwaza Ladies Tour this year. Like, she's obviously top class. She's obviously very talented. And she also beat um, Balsamo again in a pure sprint in, yeah, in that uh, Balwaza Ladies Tour. So there's other Dutch talent coming through. I think we saw in European champs that, yeah, Van Dijk went solo, that's fine. But in terms of managing a tricky 10K finish, these Dutch women are not working particularly well together, particularly because Benji, AVDB used to be the, is the glue. When she, like AVDB, I would say, is willing to sacrifice herself often for her teammates, but she's not in the shape. She was on like bottle duty today, not represented last in the race. finale. Is there a last race ever? Yeah, I think it is. Maybe that's one for the off-season, uh, a full AVDB career wrap-up. But yeah, that's a it's a shame they didn't get the W for her. But yeah, her last race she was yeah working as a domestic early doors for uh, the Netherlands. But what next, Ben? You've got the uh, women's tour in it's a world tour race in Britain coming up. Uh, so that's something. There's still some good women's stage racing coming up later in the year. What about Balsamo though? You think Han Vevel came at Trek? I think she could be winning some big races next year. Um, we should speak more about her, I guess. Like her spring this year, fourth in Kranvevelhem, fifth in Brugge de Pana, third in Shelby Price, third in Brabantse Pale, um, 19th in Omloop. I reckon she's winning two of those races next year. No, I think she can definitely get close to those. I, I'm not sure winning is is uh, is the case because Mariana Voss will still exist. So I don't know if today is the, uh, the thing that changed it around, but... I uh do one of I do think that Balsam was in the breakaway in that Brabant Sapel and then she ended up being in that group that went for the victory, but still a strong performance ah, that day. And in again to Avelgem that reduced bunch sprint, that will happen in a lot of races. And if you're there and you can do that, well just I think the easier the sprint still the better for her because she still beat Seratizi uh Wibbles last year. And she ended up being beaten by sprinters that I would dare to say on a pure sprint she would be beating. But I've I've got the feeling if she can find consistency that she can uh, certainly win some of those races like you are mentioning. And Hendu Abelham is a perfect example because, yes, it's a rough parkour. There's both camelbacks, I think twice the camelback in the, in the women's race, but that harsh flat section at the end that does nothing when it comes to like damaging the uh, group if there's no wins well that's an ideal ideal situation for someone like that yeah you're right yeah i think i don't know she might get a bit of lead out at trek next year maybe she will i mean uh i think amstel is is too hard for her i think she likes a little you know a cobbly or punchy race but then as benji said a, a relatively straightforward or not too steep finish at all where riders like foss have more of an advantage but yeah that was our recap of the women's world championships road race looking forward to hopefully she gets a fully blinged out bike on trek next year as well at least balsamo and italy just keep on winning baroncini 
Filippo Ghana and now Lisa Balsama. Have I missed anyone else that Italy won with? Um, yeah, they're on absolute fire. So maybe tomorrow Sonny Colbrelli for goal, uh, to win the World Championships. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it could happen. Um, can he come against Remco. <laughs> yeah, Remco <laughs> toes into the line and it says... <laughs> Eddie Merckx implodes. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed the, the recap. Give us a like down below if you did, and we'll see you with the recap of the men's tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 